Welcome to Food and Loathing, coming to you from the city where the temperature is hot enough to fry an egg, but we honestly don't know whether we could do them over medium. <laughs> and I know that's how Rich likes them. That's not an imitation, that's a tribute. I am your host, Al Mancini. I'm joined by Rich Johnson on this segment. Rick Moonen is out being um, the celebrity chef that he is. I actually don't even know what city he's in. So uh, Rich and I are just going it alone this week, um, but we're having a lot of fun and um, we're we're yeah. psyched. What do you think, Rich? I'm back after my, uh, my trip to Portland. It was so cold. I had become such a Vegas desert Southwest U.S. wimp. You know, I'm walking around that NASCAR race and there are people in shorts and it's raining and it's like 50. But that's the uh, the Pacific Northwest uh, pride and, uh, 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 you know, ability to handle that. That has uh, been totally drained out of me in the last four years I've been here. Uh, wearing shorts in the rain just seems a little. I know it's weird sort of uh, I think it's a leftover grunge from the early 90s. Yeah, I guess I could see that, but I would usually, you know, and I did dress like that in the 90s, but especially I remember going to law school and I had this beat up. OK, now I'm getting into fashion, but what yeah, the hell? Yeah, yeah. It's my podcast. Why not? And Rich, yeah. you'll let me do it, right? Oh, so I'll have I, a comeback. I remember going into law school. I had this great pair of jeans that I had kind of tie dye and bleached them, and I'd owned them for about 15, 20 years. They had so many holes in them that I finally had to cut them off and make them into big baggy shorts. And they were this ripped up tie dyed. And I wore them in all the time with um, purple long johns underneath them. Right. So I had thermal underwear, tie dyed shorts. And yeah, that, those were my grunge clothes that I would wear into my constitutional law class back in like 1992 <laughs> in New York. I always ask the question because I started seeing that about the mid 90s when I was in Chicago and I, I and to this day I still ask the question we in our shorts no longer shorts but just shitty pants as far um, as the length goes I don't know but I guess if you make them tight they're capris right yeah. that's right pedal pushers, you and I maybe. talking fashion that is like the worst idea <laughs> yeah. in the world our, our mother's uh, attire yeah way back when all right back to the script yeah, let's talk about um, what we've done this week. I'm going to start by wishing a happy fifth anniversary to um, Rob and Mary Cashel Rice. I went to their party in a suite over at the M Resort. And since we're talking about food, that was catered by Chick U Vegan Sushi and Valley Cheese and Wine. It was a great reminder of just how good both of those places are. And honestly, all the guests there were just blown away by the Chick U Vegan Sushi. So if you have not tried that place over in Silverado Ranch, um, I would definitely send you over there. You don't have to be a vegan to like it. Um, um, you know, I've been talking about a lot of plant based things recently, and, um, you know, I, I like it when a chef can make food that is just so freaking good. You don't care whether it's vegan or not. And Chickie does that. So that was awesome. Um, then what else? On Saturday night, I went to the grand opening of the Jonas Brothers new restaurant, um, Nellie's Southern Kitchen. Oh, man, Rich, I got to tell you, I, after getting out of the rock and roll world and the music world, I forgot <laughs> what a scene these openings can be when when pop stars are going to show up. Um, you know, we were told it was promptly at five. So I showed up actually a little early for a change and um, then proceeded to get on a massive line. There was the, the huge throng of people who were just there hoping to catch a glimpse of the Jonas Brothers. And then oh. the ticket holders, you know, the invited guests were we wound all the way around at MGM onto people were actually out the door into the monorail station lined up, didn't oh. open the doors till about five 30. So the prompt thing, maybe, you know, not so yeah, much. Yeah. But, I get your um, prompt right here. PR people. 
Yeah, but it was a great <laughs> event. Um, and look, if you're a Jonas Brothers fan, I think you're going to love this place. Um, I had a couple of bites at the party, not enough to form an opinion on the restaurant. I'm going to need to go back for a real meal before I form that opinion. Haven't had time to do that. And I just got an invite by um, the Jonas father, whose name I forget off the top of my head. My apologies, all you Jonas's. But um, he's going to do a tour next week with some media people. Uh -huh. um, I swung by a little earlier, though, prior to that, because I hadn't gotten that invite yet. And I sort of asked if I could chat with the chef and they were happy to um, to accommodate me. So I swung by uh, yesterday in my world, I don't know, a few days ago in your listeners world. Um, and I spoke with executive chef Mario Nichols. Here's a bit of that conversation. It's a southern influence menu, shrimp and grits, chicken and dumplings, one of the staples, biscuits and gravy, fried chicken, just all southern comfort food. Okay, um, and where does it fit in, like, price point and the formality, casual, that kind of vibe? It's casual. It's, it's, it's Vegas style, but it's very casual. We want people to bring families in here as well. Did the Jonas family have a lot of influence on the menu? And I guess specifically, did they bring any either requests for you to recreate dishes that they love or maybe family secret recipes that they brought with them? Uh, we definitely have a bunch of family secret recipes. The sweet potato Caroline is actually Mrs. Jonas's recipe. Uh, the chicken and dumplings is their grandmother's recipe. And those are things that they hold sacred that I never touch. Okay. What did you think the first time you tried their recipes? Oh, I love them. What is it like working with creative people who clearly are extremely creative and know, know how to tell stories and know how to do things like that, but maybe are not professional chefs um are there is it challenging or is it rewarding to have that kind of back and forth or maybe a little bit of both um i think it's rewarding just because he's just open for everything you know he comes back there suggestions you know coming from someone who had my own business it was it's more like i still have my business when dealing with him because he wants my insight input and things like that so it's, it's amazing actually how have you used the menu and the dishes that you decide to put on the menu to create to, to create a bigger project, to tell a larger story with them? How does the food fit into the bigger Nellie's story? The food fit into comfort, and that's the story, that Southern hospitality. That's the food, and the, that's what we want to sell is Southern hospitality, and that's what we want to bring to Vegas. So we want, to, we want the food to speak and say that. We want people to leave and feel like they just left their grandmother's house. And you're going to have live music here uh, regularly? Yes. Live music uh, daily, actually. Wow. So um, looking for local artists, too, that might want to come in and audition. So that would be great, too. And the chef says you definitely have to try the Southern Rolls and the Biscuits. Well, of course, it's a Southern place. You got to have the biscuits. Right, right. Yes, yeah, Southern. I always forget Southern is a quality of, uh, is a type of restaurant. I, uh, uh, yeah. People ask me what this was, and I was <laughs> like, I don't know. What do you call it? White boy yeah. soul food? Um, you know, oh, but, here's, the, here's the, just the two words you need. Fry everything. Yeah. And, I remember um, when I moved from Seattle to Atlanta in 1984, and the, the, this great side dish that was on every plate, fried dough. Okay. Mm. It turned out to be pretty good if you put some onion and some spices in there, but just taking some dough and throwing it in the deep fryer is, you know, not that high a cuisine, gang. A lot of people fry dough, though. I think a lot of cultures do that. Oh, it can be done. Oh, yeah. But, and, you know, Zeppeli. Who doesn't yeah, love Zeppelin, yeah. right? Yeah, just the, 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 except the folks in the South couldn't even think of a name for it. Just fried dough. <laughs> they are honest in the South, <laughs> and I true. respect okay. them for that. Yes. That's a fair point. They fair don't point. mess around. They just tell yeah. you what it is. <laughs> 
And one last event I went to, a um, little weird one for me because you all know I don't know anything at all about football, but um, Emmett Smith, I at least do know the name, I believe he's a Hall of Famer running back, he threw a party at Resorts World to um, promote his upcoming restaurant, Emmett's, which is going into fashion show mall. So right there, I was a little confused, um, but, you know, obviously the space isn't ready over at Fashion Show. He wanted to celebrate, which is really cool. The cool thing for the perspective of the party itself was I actually got to go downstairs in Wally's in Resorts World. And um, some people I know had heard about this before. I'd only heard kind of rumblings of it. But there's a basement in Wally's that you sort of walk down these flights of stairs. And it really feels very New York Soho in the 90s, um, kind of like a refurbished space. I'm told maybe this may be where like Katy Perry throws some parties after her shows. Um, and it definitely looks like kind of a converted warehouse space with elegant, you know, um, bar back there with very expensive bottles service and things like that. Or I should say bottles, not bottle service, because it looks like it's only available for um, private events. But um, really cool vibe down there. So I was psyched to get down there. Also psyched, even though I don't know much about football, that I actually did get to meet um, Mr. Emmett Smith. And he told me what people can expect from his restaurant when it opens. And I believe they're shooting for um, early September to open. So here's what Mr. Smith told me about his restaurant. First thing I think most people should expect quality and great service, great food, and having a great time. That's what we're trying to promote. Enjoying yourself, having a great experience at Emmett's, being treated with respect, treated nicely, and enjoying yourself the whole entire time. And hopefully, everything that we provide you is worth your flavor. So I am back from uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, and not a lot of restaurant visits to share, one in uh, particular. I did not make it to the Helvetia Tavern, as I promised last week, but my friends posted a picture of them enjoying the jumbo burgers. I will be back in the fall. I made it to a very rainy and cold NASCAR race in Portland, the Xfinity Series. First time they've been back in Portland in 22 years with a national race. It was a big hit, despite the weather, because, you know, Portlanders, Oregonians. No umbrellas, just hoods and Columbia Sportswear and Eddie Bauer and stuff like that. Now, unlike the ovals, NASCAR race, uh, they race on in the rain on road courses. And boy, they did that. A lot of uh, slipping and sliding wrecks and missing turns and just sliding right into the grass thanks to the rain. But I was undercover because I was in one of the owner's suites because, you know, that's how I roll. Ooh, <laughs> uh, talking about plants, I all of a sudden I'm a plant guy. Uh, a nice original meal we had was at a place in Beaverton, the Portland suburb, most famous for being the home of Nike. And that's a town where I lived from age four to 13. So I know my Beaverton. And there's a lot of new things coming there. We went to a vegan Indian place called the Sudra. The chefs have created some wonderfully flavored, spicy, bold, plant-only versions of classic Indian. The tikka masala used curled up soy. The vindaloo used dried jackfruit as its protein, along with root vegetables and a tahini dressing. The best adaptation I found was a shog paneer using kale instead of spinach and tofu instead of, uh, you know, shog white uh, cheese dried yogurt thing. It all swam in a sunflower seed curry. This place is called the Sudra, S-U-D-R-A, downtown Beaverton, Oregon, probably prepared me for my trip to Resorts World and Crossroads Kitchen. And then in the kitchen, I took your philosophy about the, you know, the impossible Whopper. You just got all the other shit on it and it makes right. it doesn't matter whether it's beef or not. I did that on another level. I made a pasta sauce for the whole family from scratch, the way I usually do. Onions, peppers, garlic, oil, olive oil, San Marzano crushed tomatoes, uh, 
uh, mushrooms, small can of cut tomatoes. I used three small cans of those mushrooms. I raided my sister's COVID war chest. You still have your COVID? Did you ever have a COVID war chest? I uh, know. I don't know what that is. You know, well, you know, it's like we all would turn Mormon and have this big thing full of about a month's worth of canned foods and other emergency stuff. Oh, no, for the you know, apocalypse. I kind of figure that when the, the apocalypse, when the apocalypse comes, man, as long as I can find a way to get a lot of whiskey, that's all I'm really going to need. Because, <laughs> yeah, go, um, yeah I'm, I'm not I don't really feel like, you know, subsisting on um on canned foods yeah, for, you know, until I wait for the apocalypse to get yeah. me. So I made the sauce that I usually make and put in sausage and things, but I put in beyond Italian meatballs, browned and put them in the sauce boiled up some farfalle and put that in the sauce and the whole ham happy family, including my vegan, not quite vegan. She says just plant-based niece, Hannah. And again, yeah, you include the fake meat into a dish with a lot of other stuff. And I really did not miss the whole meat experience. Yeah. And that's the deal. You know, I mean, yeah. as long as you're getting some kind of protein in there, some kind of texture, you know, it's going to, it's going to work for you. All right. Before we uh, head off to break, I, I, I got to ambush you about restaurant week. And yeah, I look at all those places on the list. What uh, should I go to first? What's the top of the priority list? You know, funny you should bring that up unannounced because I saw this in the <laughs> notes right now and um, I reached over into my bag. I've been doing TV appearances um, this week talking about it. So I know that if people are always going to ask, where would you go? Where would you go? So first and foremost, pick up the Neon Feast app. Make sure you download it and right on front and center, we'll tell you which of our restaurants, which mm. of the 500 Neon Feast mm. restaurants are participating in um in restaurant week. So that'll help you out. And we've added like a little note to each of those uh, about what they're offering for restaurant week as well. So you have that, but for me, I've been running it down. I'll just give you the quick version. Um, okay. So there's a lot of good reasons to uh, enjoy restaurant week. One of which is getting into new places that you just haven't had a chance to get into yet. Yes, yes, yes. Al along those lines, I think Anima, Lanetta, and Main Street provisions, not that new, but for a lot of people still haven't gotten in there. So I throw those out there as I've been, I've been telling people they should go over there. Also a great chance to get into some classic institutions, places that everybody in the world has gone. You may have gone there once a, a long time ago, but you haven't been back and you need to rediscover them. So um, I would say Ferraro's is a great place. They're doing oh, an $80 yeah. four course dinner. Golden Steer is doing an $80 four course dinner. Oh. Sparrow and Wolf is doing a $50 three course dinner. And that's a, a really good deal to go over to Sparrow and Wolf. Um, and Honey Salt, Elizabeth Blau is doing a three course lunch for 30 bucks or a three course dinner for 50. They both come with the Brookie for dessert. Uh, if you want the most bang for your bucks and you want the most bang for the, um, the charity, I'm telling people they might want to look into Big Dog. Um, the brewing company, they're doing a three course dinner. It's only $30. Six of that goes to three square. So that's nice. a pretty high percentage. Um, and the beast by Todd English, which I like a lot. They're doing a three course dinner for 30 bucks. And again, $6 of that goes over there. And, you know, especially if you want a, an excuse to go over and check out area 15, I think that's a great one. Lunches, I'm telling people to check out District 1 and Echo and Rig. And if you want a big splurge on a budget, but, you know, still a splurgy budget, the fact that you can get a three-course dinner at Bizarre Meat for $80 and it does uh -oh. include the foie gras cotton candy to start, that to me is a no-brainer. <laughs> wow, yes. All right. Noted. And I'll be on my way. Coming up, some closures at the Palazzo and an honor for Elizabeth Blau. But first, we visit the Three Square Food Bank to talk about Restaurant Week. This is Food and Loathing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is currently restaurant week in the city of Las Vegas. If you're hearing this on Friday, we're about the fifth day in. Um, but restaurant week is going on for another full week next week. And I, there's usually some stragglers, but I already know that there are some people listening right now who are saying, what is restaurant week? Um, I've heard about it. Maybe you've seen the billboards. I love, by the way, I love, um, that, that three square has billboards for restaurant week up at Allegiant Stadium, rotating <laughs> through the same sign as the neon feast billboards and the half bird billboard billboards. <laughs> so man, I have never felt more honored than to be on the same billboard as three square joining me right now is will edwards from three square from and we are actually sitting in the campus of three square the largest food bank in southern nevada the largest food um, supplier of those who are food insecure in our neighborhood will how are you sir i'm doing great and thank you so much for coming out here and and doing this and it's an honor and uh i'm going to be like uh i try not to fangirl you but if you if you if you eat food in this town and you don't know al mancini you uh You've been living under a rock. Well, you're, you're, you're too kind, um, and I do appreciate that. Um, but I say if you eat food in this town and you're not already very, very well aware of Three Square, then you need to become aware of Three Square. Um, as I said, Southern Nevada's largest food bank. Correct. I don't know. You may be the largest food bank in a larger region <laughs> than that. As far as I know, I got involved with Three Square many, many decades ago. And actually, we're sitting in this building not many decades ago, I guess, but over a decade ago, we're sitting in a building where I once invited chefs to roast myself and <laughs> two other food critics, John Curtis and Max Jacobson. And anybody who knows me, Max and John knows that there are some chefs who had some choice <laughs> to say about us. And that was one of my favorite events ever, that ability oh. to, t- to turn the tables and let chefs get the last word and raise some money for three square. But this is such an amazing building. It's grown yes. in the 10, 15 years since I've been coming here. You have more buildings now. That is it's correct. A massive institution. Could you please explain Three Square and what it is that you do for our community? Excellent. So uh, like like Al said, uh, Three Square is uh, Southern Nevada's only food bank and we're the largest um, hunger relief organization. We have um, this four counties that we service, Lincoln, Nye, Esmeralda, and Clark counties. We work with a network of 180 different community partners. And the way it works is Three Square, we acquire all the food, and then we we give it out to all of those 180 net um, agencies, and then they give it to the end, end users. So, you know, working families, veterans, homeless, homeless youth, children, they all they all get the food. Yeah. And, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of us uh, as journalists, I wrote about a lot of people who are bringing food door to door, a lot of um, chef organizations, yes, a lot yes. of industry organizations. There were certainly a lot of people who were um, who were delivering food. And many of the people were getting at least some of the food that they were delivering from Three Square. Am I correct? That, on is, that? that is correct. We we um, the pandemic was was definitely rough. I mean, we had to we had to pivot like we've never pivoted before and uh we never closed our doors we we don't usually like i said earlier we don't usually 
um, have contact with the end user. But because of how dire the pandemic was and everything being shut down, we had to put up um, drive up distributions. So we were handing food out straight uh, from three square straight to uh, straight to the end user. And the partners were fantastic. The hotels that let us use their you know, their, their, their parking lots and their portico chairs and all of that. It was just, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And those were, I mean, I, I was at a few of those events and they were, they were the things that ended up making it onto, for example, the national news because yes. the, the lines were just so astounding. You know, miles people would do a drone shot or I would, I would just do a pan with my camera. And, you know, at the front of the line were you and your, your folks from three square and then just cars lined up for miles and miles, people that didn't know where their next meal was going to come from, just popping up everything from beat up junker cars to beautiful luxury automobiles. Because again, man, we're, you know, it's, it's not that far in our rearview mirror, but I think people forget that there was a, there's tremendous food insecurity, tremendous amount of fear. People did not know where their next meal was coming from. And three square answered that call as you guys always do. Um, But I think that made it much more real for a lot of people who may have only seen three square as something that they gave to for many, many years. We're good, suddenly good in the point. position of having to to receive from Three Square because we, all of our worlds were rocked during yes. that period. Yes, it was. And that's a, it's a good point because, you know, every, you know, if if you know somebody that's that that is food insecure or you have been yourself, you will know Three Square. If you have not dealt with it, you you probably won't know. But um yeah, the, the, the face of, of hunger changed dramatically during the pandemic. Yeah, and, and again, you guys were there to, to respond to that call, which is amazing. How long has Three Square been in operation? We Three Square was born in 2007. And uh, at that time, um, uh, our founder, Eric Hilton of the Hilton family, saw a, um, a newscast that the Clark County Food Bank was closing and so he he went to the foundation, the Hilton Foundation, and said, "Hey, we got to do something about this. We just can't have these people, you know, um, not having food or access to food." And and Three Square was born. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think. When did when did Restaurant Week start? Same year. Same year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we we're in we're in the, this is the fifteenth year. Of Restaurant Week, which is astounding, and this is only my second time organizing and managing it. <laughs> so, wow! So, so you have taken over a, a local institution and something that's vital to our community, and um, yeah, wow! Fingers so, crossed, everybody. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm checking on my levels here. I think I turned mine up just a bit too high, so I turned it down just a touch. No worries. Make it a little easier for my friend Rich when he hears it. Um, okay. You know, I have toured this facility that when we're up here by what Craig Road, Craig basically Road. up yeah. by the Speedway. Yeah, yeah, it's right. the Craig Road exit in North Pecos. Cool. Um, I've been up here many times, and I have to say, it is humbling, and it's both inspiring and sad when I walk mm. through this building. Um, when I see the warehouses, because you have massive warehouses up here, sure, uh, and they are. They're not storing food. They're a temporary holding facility. Correct. But these are, I don't know, you can tell, you're, I'm sure you'll be able to tell me how many square feet, but these, these mo- monstrous facilities that you walk through and all you see is food lined wall to wall. And 
it's simultaneously for me inspiring to see the generosity of our community. And it is also so saddening to see the need and to realize that that generosity is required because, you know, the reason I've always been attracted to Three Square as a a cause is because I eat so well. Mm. And so many of us in Las Vegas eat very well. And we are in the lap of luxury. Um, And many of the people who find themselves insecure are also during by day serving some of the, you know, greatest meals in the world um, or serving some of the wealthiest people. Most beautiful places. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go home and they are hungry. And that to me is just criminal. I mean, it is. You know, one of the biggest problems, you know, capitalism has a lot of great things about it, but it's one of the things that that terrifies me about capitalism is yeah. realizing that we live in the middle of all of this wealth and that there is food insecurity. But then I am inspired when I see the people who give back. Sure. And so Three Square will always be super important to me, and I think it should be to anybody who eats well in this town, because how can we eat so well when yeah. we know that there are other people who aren't eating at all? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll share with you. Um, I Before coming here, I lived in New York City. Um, and uh, I, I did not know this, right? I, I was food insecure in New York City. At the time, I did not know that, that there was a word for it. I thought I was just poor. You right. know what I mean? Right. That was it. But um, when And in New York City, there's a lot of people oh, who feel poor. Exactly. Whether they're making money or not. Exactly. <laughs> it's expensive. But um, when I got here, the reason why I, I you know, delved into Three Square is is – if you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, the irony is is that that's all you're thinking about mm-hmm. is food. And, and and there's nothing more debilitating and and um and terrible than to be a working person and not be able to make ends meet. And that's that's what we're seeing. That's 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 who food insecurity is, is you're just trying to make those ends meet and you can't make those ends meet. And, and that's why we have three square and, and other food banks around the country. Right. And I, I want to refresh some people's memory about your programs that again, if, if somebody is a long time listener to my podcast, they probably know about some of these things sure. um, or a long time reader of my work, but you've done, you, you do a lot and I don't know how many of them are back after the pandemic, sure. but one of the programs that always touched me was the backpack backpack lunch program and this idea of the way that you know because first of all you say there's nothing worse than working hard and being food insecure and i will agree with you i'm sure there's absolutely nothing worse than that but i have to say just as bad or a very close second has to be being a hungry child trying to learn in school um because the way if the way to lift oneself out of poverty is education it's really hard to educate yourself when your stomach is rumbling true that and at the end of the day we may have and i don't know i don't have kids i don't know what the programs are in school to feed people but i know that what you address is the fact that kids can go home and if there's no food at home how they can do homework how they're just going to go on with becoming being kids with living their lives healthy to grow up that they can take care of themselves so could you explain the backpack program sure sure so um i I will explain another program as well because it kind of goes together so we do we do a program called uh, kids cafe which is the is an after school meal program so we team up with those after school programs like safe key and 21 century and those kind of guys and uh and we provide that meal for that kid during during that programming. And sometimes it's the last meal that kid's going to have until they come back to school. Um, so the backpack program is actually a, a weekend bag of food for the weekend for 
food insecure kids. So we team up with communities and schools and those goals guidance counselors identify the kids who are food insecure. And, um, and so we package up everything here and we send it off and it's all, um, it's all shelf stable stuff. There's no, nothing to cook, nothing, anything of that nature. So they don't have to use the microwave or anything. And the, uh, they get called down to the, the office. They get called down to the office on Friday and the bag is put into their backpacks so that they're not bullied or laughed at because they, you know, they're food insecure. And then they go home. And one of the things that we definitely know, if, if you have a food insecure kid, that house is probably food insecure. So he's probably sharing that with a brother or a sister or a grandparent or, you know. Yeah. But it's a, it, it's a fantastic um, it's, it's a fantastic program. Yeah, and then I, I love the fact that you do, you know, that you have the forethought to worry about, you know, how to make this inconspicuous, how to make it that the kid, as if I remember correctly, you can go to the school nurse or, or you know, there, there are kind of safe spaces where you sure. can go where it's known that you could drop in, you're not in right. front of all your friends, you could throw this into your backpack, you can go home, you can know you're going to have stuff to eat over the weekend yeah. and you don't have to take, well, I'm going to keep my language clean because we're in a <laughs> polite conversation here, but yeah, you don't have to deal with cruel kids, yeah. um, which is, you know, it's just demonstrates that, that you guys are thinking through yeah. what, what kids go through and yeah. what, what people go through. Um, I want to get to the positive stuff about <laughs> Restaurant Week because that is it. But it is important that we talk about of what course. you do and where this money's going. And you've always had some amazing figures. I don't know how they've changed with inflation, but about what a donation to Three Square, what every dollar given to Three Square may mean to food insecure people. Can we talk a bit about that as well? Sure. So um, Three Square is a member of uh, Feeding America. And Feeding America has about 200 food banks under them throughout the country. So because of it, we uh, have the ability to um, to get food from different places and, and our spending goes far, far longer because of it. So um, if you donate $1 to 3Square, we can provide three wholesome meals. Wow. Yeah. And and the re- and I'm going to tell you the reason. So I did it. I did back in the day when I first got here. I did a, a late night talk show called uh, the Will Edwards Show. It aired on the CW and and, and whatnot locally. But um, I picked Three Square at that time as my charity because 94 cents of every dollar goes back into the fight against hunger. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, that that is pretty impressive, um, especially when you, you have pretty nice facilities here. <laughs> so it's nice to know that it's not all going, you know, the money is actually going to feed people and it's not going to, exactly. to the salaries and the facilities and the things like that. Um, you've always had a tremendous uh, culinary council, yes. a lot of local chefs that come down here. They do cooking demos. They they host special events. They um, go out. Can you talk about the support that you have in general during the course of the year? And are you geared back up after COVID? Like, are you doing a lot of, more of those culinary events? Well, we um, – I nice of you to say that because uh, I, I am the one that cultivates and, and oversees the culinary council. So uh, – you know, it, it, it's still kind of new to some degree for me, um, and uh, we're working with them. A lot of them are, are participating in restaurant week, so you'll see you'll see them out there. Um, uh, Elizabeth Blau, of course, is the chair of the of the council, and then they have a steering committee now. And Brian Howard is is leading the steering committee, just to focus on what we need to do and how we can get the word out about hunger 
and and some solutions out there as well. So we aren't fully geared up yet, but we're getting back there. Well, the reason I ask is because I'm hoping at least a few chefs listen to my podcast. So what can they do to help once we get past Restaurant Week? And I promise we're about to talk to rest- talk, talk Restaurant Week momentarily. Uh, you know what? It, the truth of the matter is, is, is if uh, somebody – you can donate all year. You know, if you if you if a restaurant owner says, "Hey, listen, every time somebody buys calamari, we're going to give a dollar to three square throughout the year. So every time it buys, we're gonna we're gonna donate. You can do that. You can talk to people about it. You can you can put up a, a QR code on your website that says, "Please, you know, donate and mm-hmm. things of that nature." So there's tons and tons of things that we can do, and uh, getting the word out is is. Very, very helpful. Okay. So they should go to the website. They should give a call to you if somebody wants to get involved, if they want to, you know, come in and pack backpacks. That pretty is much. Correct. What's the website? That is correct. Uh, it is threesquare.org. And if you want to reach out to me, it is wedwards at threesquare.org. And threesquare is spelled out. And you do not, by the way, have to be a chef. I mean, I know so many people from the casinos to private companies to law firms that that's sort of a day out. And again, this may have changed during the pandemic with social distancing, sure. all of that. So if, forgive me if some of what I'm talking about is out of touch but or out, out of date. But there used to be you bring the office down to three square, back, yeah. pack up backpacks for the kids, do that kind of stuff. And I do believe that, you know, for the, every single person I know, who has experienced that yeah. has left with that same sense of both gratitude, but also urgency. Yes. That, and I think that that would be, that, that's the best way to explain the two conflicting emotions that I yes. get when I yes. walk into this I, building. You, you're not the only one. When, when I do tours, I, I tour people and, and it's the same thing. It's like, well, you know, we never thought that it was this big. We never thought that you had three buildings all with their own warehouses and, you know, cooler and freezer and the whole nine yards and everything focused on a specific uh, a specific audience and that sort of thing. But um, people have the same thing. They're like, wow, we did not think it was going to be like this. And wow, wow, now we see what the problem is yeah. and how big the problem is. Exactly. It, it is. Um, it, it's intimidating at a certain point. I don't yeah. know how you how you manage it. So restaurant <laughs> week, though, restaurant week is and this is what I love, because and yes. a lot of what three square does is you guys celebrate food. You celebrate yes. our culinary culture. Yes. You celebrate our local restaurants, even yes. while addressing a very, very serious crisis. So it is not like all bummer downer when I go to three square. <laughs> I always I love hanging out with my friends from three square because, you know, we eat wow. and you guys eat yeah. well. Um, so let's talk about restaurant week. This, yes. as I always put it, if you haven't, if, if you're always looking for an excuse to get out, especially now that the pandemic has loosened up and a lot of people are getting out and about to eat, this is where you go through the list. You look for that place you've always wanted to try and you see if they're on the three square list <laughs> and, um, chefs are creating special menus. They tend to be three, sometimes four courses yes. that anywhere from sometimes some lunches as low as 20, but usually 30 through $80. Three to four courses, and then they give anywhere from four, five, or six. They can choose dollars per meal that they sell goes directly to three square. And again, multiply that by three for the number of – wow, there's too much math. Uh, (laughs) Stop it, Al. By three for the number of um, meals that that feeds people. So have I I hit the nail on the head as to what you guys do? Of course, of course. Yes, yes. This is – you know – I am. Uh, I'm. I'm actually very proud of this of this program, and um, 
I am honored to, to be able to organize and manage it. And, and it's because, you know, it's just a way for the community to come together to acknowledge the fact that there is a hunger problem, but you get to, you get to, you know, have a great meal, you know, it's at a great price and, and it's for a great cause. And while you're eating after that, someone else gets to eat who yeah. might not have been able to go out to it. So I, I love restaurant week. I, I absolutely love it. Last year, I, I will be honest with you. I went to 13 restaurants in a three-week period, and it was all delicious. Wow. So how many <laughs> restaurants do you have participating this year? So this year, we have over 180 restaurants that are doing three-course menus. And we decided to do something else. Um, we decided to do special promotions. So that's for, like, fast, casual restaurants that might not have the wherewithal to do a three-course menu. We have bars in there. We have coffee shops in there. Um, and, and so that brings our, our uh, total participants to uh, over 200. Wow. And so that's amazing. There's a, there is absolutely a little something for everybody. Absolutely. I have been going through this list because what I've done, which I hope maybe is a little bit of help for people out there that can't manage. First of all, the first place to go. Let me start with Uh-oh. how I start with this is how I manage restaurant. Here it goes. Here it goes. First thing that you should do if you have a lot of time, you go to the Three Square website, the Restaurant Week. LV.org. Restaurant Week, LV.org. Right, and you will see their their splash screen right there has the logos for most of those 180 restaurants that you mentioned that are Correct. doing the the full tasting menus. And it can be a little intimidating, but this is really the way to go if you've got some time on your hands because you'll dig in, you'll see some familiar faces, you can click on it, and you'll see exactly what the menu is. Yes. You'll see how many courses are on it. You will see what your choices are, your yes. options for each course because many of these are, say, a four-course menu, but there's three options in each category. Right. There are some that have supplemental fees involved, some of the higher-end restaurants. Um, you mentioned Sparrow and Wolf. I think they have some ways yes. to kick it up, even though they started a pretty reasonable price point. But you know, yep. you can spoof it up of if course. you want. Of and that's Vegas. That's how you should be able to do it. Um, so that's really the way that I like to go through it. Sure. Right Now, every year, and if people have been watching TV this week, they've probably already seen you and I on some TV shows <laughs> talking about, at least with me, talking about my personal picks. And I'm not going to get into those right I, now. But uh, I'll be doing oh, those I thought on, you were going to do it. I TV, thought you were going to tell um, us. Things. But, well, I mean, I have a lot. And maybe after we get out of this segment, I'll say okay. a few. But, you know, I want to I want to spring them on, on our television appearances sure. this week. So, sure. um, But what I have done. And there's a middle ground of, of – instead of me – so instead of either going through all 200 of them or going through like Al Mancini's five picks, <laughs> I got a middle ground for you. You can oh. go to the Neon Feast, my yes. app, and yes. we have two lists. You'll find them front and center. One is Restaurant Week on the Strip. One is Restaurant Week off the Strip. These are restaurants that are already included on Neon Feast, restaurants that my experts who helped me form that app have sure. already decided we love for various reasons that are additionally participating in Restaurant Week. So I think we're somewhere at about, I don't know, maybe 25 on the strip list, and I probably have about another 45 or so on the off-strip list, somewhere in there. So that makes it a bit more manageable. And then if you (laughs) click onto their Neon Feast listing, I don't have the full menus for you, but I do have the price point, the number of courses, and how much of the donation is going there. Because for me, that's often a big deal. A lot of people. I like to see, okay, I'm spending $60, but they're giving $6 to Three Square, as opposed to I'm spending... You know, $50 over here, but they're only giving four. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not criticizing anybody. I love that sure. all of 
these chefs have gone out of their way to find a price point where they can make a delicious meal, a great meal, something that's in many instances that they don't serve the yeah. rest of the year, and that they could still make a significant contribution to Three Square, sure. and that they can keep the prices manageable in this era of inflation, which we all know the restaurant um, – Prices are going through the roof right now. Yeah. So these are going to be higher than we've seen in years past. So I am not in any way. Go to the ones that make a $4 donation. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to get great meals there. But I know for a lot of people, it is important. So on my app, I have narrowed it down to nice. that as well. Well, here's here, here's some uh, some expert tips. Yes. Okay. I yeah, let's hear it, man. <laughs> in, in, in ter- so everything that Al said is absolutely true. You go to restaurantweeklv.org. Uh, that first page that pops up, you scroll down, you'll see all of the logos. But here is how you do it as well. Mm-hmm. If you go to Neon Face and you see that somebody is doing an $80 dinner, blah, 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 then pop back over to restaurantweeklv.org and you can see the actual menu. But we have filtering on that page. So you can filter by donation level. So if you like restaurants that give back six dollars, filter filter six dollars. If you are looking for a twenty or thirty dollar lunch, you can you can filter that as well. And the great thing about this um, the website is that maybe maybe Al maybe Al and I are going to go out uh, for for lunch at some point. You can hit the little star, and then I you send I can send it to Al. I can share it with Al. Nice. So he knows, oh, man, that's that's a great menu and, yeah. and such. And there are a lot of lunches on here, and that's the thing. When we make these TV appearances, and maybe by the time this airs on Friday, I'll drop some in at the bottom of this. But <laughs> I, I'm going to do some lunch-specific places. Nice. I found even some $20 lunches that, yep. that were great. Um, I definitely found a lot of $30 lunches. Then in the dinner thing, I found a, I found a few new restaurants. I believe uh, – I don't want to speak if I'm remembering it wrong, but I believe Anima by EDO yes. is on here. I, I mean, that is one of the hottest new restaurants in Las Vegas that I've been telling people. It's not on Neon Feast yet because Neon Feast, there's a vetting process. Sure. But um, Anima, I love that restaurant. And if you've been if you've been hearing me ramble about that or La Neta, another restaurant that mm. I talk about on my podcast all the time nice. because everybody I know in town, every foodie I know in town loves that restaurant. And I know a lot of you are going, hey, Al keeps talking about La Neta. I haven't gotten over there. Go during restaurant week. If you've heard yes. me talk about Anima, go during three, restaurant three week. Three-course meal. Um, yeah. And really get, you know, and these are things, like these these chefs know that a lot of people coming in are not their regulars and they're only coming in for restaurant week. This may be your, their first um, introduction to many people. Sure. So they are putting their best foot forward. And that's what's also important about these menus. I'll share a story. Last year I went to um, – and it was – I don't know. I'm just trying to remember. Oh, yeah. A, a friend of mine uh, and his wife took me out. They were like, let's celebrate restaurant week. And we always wanted to try locale. Uh, down on Blue Diamond in, in Buffalo. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. And uh, we went in and we sat down and the service was fantastic. The food was outrageous. Like, I don't know, every course was better than the course before it. It was just incredible. And guess what? I've been there six times since yeah. since <laughs> since going since going for restaurant week so it's real people it's real yeah and that's find the a deal. new favorite you know put aside some money go out to try two or three new places definitely if you if you're on a budget go to the places for lunch but really get in there and check them out and i i will throw out i ha- again i haven't narrowed down my picks yet but um <laughs> i saw golden steer on here like to me that is oh. like one of those classic vegas restaurants yes. that i don't get into often enough yes. so now i'm tempted to go over there right yeah, um, you, you, and they they're doing wine pairing so the, the golden steer is interesting so uh 
Nick, who is the uh, managing partner over there, he's on our culinary council and he's fantastic. But um, they they have their menu. They're giving back a certain amount, but they're doing wine pairing as well. And they're going to give an extra two dollars off off the wine wow. pairing as well as their so they, they're really going above and beyond so yeah and that's a that's a great example to me of there are so many people who live in this town forever and they always drive past golden steer and they've heard about golden steer but you know you just don't get into it and it's a pricey place i mean i gotta yeah. be honest golden i mean it's steer a steakhouse is, yeah it's right? a steakhouse so yeah this is an excuse to get in there or you you mentioned brian howard at sparrow and wolf sparrow and yes. wolf has and i mentioned that they have some supplements as well but they yes. have a great menu that's another one of these restaurants that i know so many people that say Oh, my God, I hear so much about Sparrow and Wolf. I mean, it is like, you know, Brian is certainly – I don't want to say if he may not be the king of off-strip dining. <laughs> he and, and James Trees may have to battle it out for the fiefdom and the kingdom. Of the Mantha, but they're knights on horses to joust over that. But, they're, no, they're the, you know, he is definitely on the royal court of off-strip restaurants. Yeah, and, you know, and that's a good reason where you go, oh, I've always wanted to get into Sparrow and Wolf. I never had a special occasion. I never was, you know, one to get out there. So doubt. go during restaurant week. And, you know, again, we're naming a few. It's 180 with the full menus, over 200 if you do. And again, we're talking about some of the smaller things. My, our friends at Taco Terry and I, you know, I love those, they're love doing, the restaurants. They're as doing well. a special promotion yeah. at all four of their locations. Yeah, a it's single great. item that you, if you buy that one item, they'll donate a certain amount, of, and I don't remember what the dollar amount is. Uh, same thing with like our friends at Abel Baker Brewing and the yes. Silver Stamp. I think, yes. like you know, those yes. are they're doing buy this kind of hard seltzer. I think it is at Silver Stamp, and a dollar sure. will go over. So I think Abel is doing a Restaurant Week flight. Yeah. Of, of beer, and they're giving $3. Right. Back, so. so, yeah, seriously, whether you want to do something fancy, whether you want to do something casual, whether you want to play around with vegan food for the first time, when you want to get to a new strip on the – a new place on the strip that just opened that you just heard about or a new place off strip that just opened or, you know, a Vegas standby that you just, just never just, get your ass exactly. into. I mean, you guys have something for everything. There's something for everybody, really. And, 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 and price-wise, there's something – there's something for for everybody, you know. I uh, this is the thing that I love about about Restaurant Week, and of course, you know, you you, you have so many people just reaching out and going, "Hey, I need to. Can I be part of this thing?" You know, mm-hmm. and and we love that. Yeah, we love that the community coming together, you know. And I've had on my Facebook page alone since I posted, and I asked people to proofread my list. And um, I, again, I have some chefs out there who are saying, "How can we participate? How can we be involved?" I want all of you, if you're listening to this, be involved next year. Those of you, I am taking names and taking notes as to who said they want to do it next year. Because if um, if you don't call them, I'm going to you got to call them. Okay, great, myself, great. We're, we're teaming up on and you I'm guys. Say we got to do it, but. So, I do want to add one thing is that um, I think you said it in the in the beginning, but there are probably over uh, right now over 60 restaurants who will probably extend an extra week. So it so restaurant week will extend to the 24th. Right. And, so the, uh, the main dates, by the way, I guess we didn't give the main dates, <laughs> June 6th and 17th. 17th and yes. I'll say that in the intro. Those are the <laughs> primary days that we that restaurant week runs. But as you said, there is a, a tradition in Las Vegas of kind of keeping it going a little longer yes yes and you know i think it was i want to say it was started you know a a few years ago by uh, buddy v's i I believe it was it was buddy v's who said hey would you guys mind if we just did it a little longer (laughs) you know and and i think i think that it is a win-win for everybody involved because it it 
gives them an opportunity to showcase their restaurant and their food. But in addition to that, it gives uh, the community an opportunity to donate to Three Square in this way. Right. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I just think it's a it, it's just it's just very, very cool. If I remember correctly, the perennial winner in most money raised was almost always Mesa Grill. Um, I, I remember you guys giving them a lot of plaques. They're not in business anymore, but Amalfi is participating, right? Yes. Yeah, they, they are. It's funny that you say that because I think that they – so the way it works, and we don't really tell everybody this, but the way it works is that we do like to honor the, the top uh, donors in each of the categories, so four, five, and six for uh, th- the restaurants that are doing three courses, and then for special promotions, it's $1, $2, $3. So – uh, I think 11 years in a row, Mesa Grill won in, yeah. their, in their category. And, and, and if you had gone there, it was like right in the front, like a line of, of these of these plaques. And uh, yeah, I reached oh, I out. Yeah, I know Bobby and his yeah. entire – or Chef Flay, I should say. It's not like we're buddy, <laughs> drinking buddies. But <laughs> Chef Flay and all of his team over there are very proud of those plaques. The general manager, uh, JP. Yeah, I love JP. Finally, we, 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 he reach, we reach out to each other and he goes, yeah, I'm in. And let me tell you something. I'm ready to start racking up some plaques. <laughs> I'm awesome. like, yes. Well, there's a challenge to all of you. But seriously, <laughs> the challenge should be to the diners. Go out, eat, explore your neighborhoods, explore your city. We live in one of the greatest colors culinary scenes in America and in the world and the fact that we're able to give back and make sure that we bring our, our less privileged or maybe not even less privileged just people who are having a hard time this week Rough and time, you know yeah. let's reach out give them a hand so man thank you so much for your time oh, thank you for being here we, we appreciate your support and uh, I'm looking forward to working with you in the future thanks the news is next this is Food and Love It is time for the news. Um, little bummer of a news for fans of David Chang. Major Domo and Moon Palace have closed at the Palazzo. So that means the only place in Las Vegas to experience Chef Chang's cuisine is Momofuku in the Cosmopolitan. On a happier note, congratulations to Elizabeth Blau on being chosen as the recipient of the 2022 Cornell Hospitality Innovator Award by the Leland C. and Mary M. Pillsbury Institute for Hospitality Entrepreneurship at the Cornell Peter and Stephanie Nolan School of Hotel Administration. You may take a breath now. I know, man. (laughs) Wow. I I don't know. I don't think I mispronounced anything either. Uh, Speaking of awards and things, our friend Jeff Weiss of Valencian Gold has been entered into the World Paella Championships, and he is asking for the support of his many fans. You can vote for him online at vote.worldpaelladay.org. That sounds wonderful. Got to make it an informed vote, though. Go over there and buy some paella. Absolutely. So we had the fancy food show. We did our our podcast from there a few months ago. Last week in Chicago, it was the Sweets and Snacks Show. Amy Levitt of Eater Chicago described it this way. This is a long quote, but boy, it's, it's fun. There were chocolate bars, chocolate truffles, marshmallows, jelly beans, gummies, regular Skittles, dehydrated Skittles, crunchy fruit, frozen fruit, nut butter, actual nuts, snack mixes, popcorn, energy drinks, protein bars, aggressively strong mints, aggressively sour sour balls, aggressively flaming hot cheese puffs, jerkies made from the flesh of all sorts of animals, and a few fruits and vegetables besides, and chips of every persuasion, potato, corn, plantain, sweet potato, bean, beet, parsnip, dragon fruit, and carrot, end quote. 
And okay, uh, <laughs> yes, well, we both went through a couple of these. You know. Oh man, yeah. Sweets and snacks is a thirty-seven billion dollar a year uh, business, and that is on the rise. Sad to say, though, the big theme of the show was smorifying. I think after peeps, s'mores are my least favorite thing ever, and that is taking perfectly fine products and jamming a shitload of marshmallow in them, or the anti-smore. Again, according to Eater, the product received the most attention. Stuffed Puffs, a brand of marshmallow stuffed with solid chocolate designed not to melt, even over a campfire. That's just stupid. I don't get the logic in that at all, but apparently some focus group idiots thought it was pretty good. Finally, um, I want to send our condolences to the friends and family of Chef Anthony Lamantia of Sparrow and Wolf, who died unexpectedly this week. We don't have um, real details on what happened. And of course, we want to respect everybody's privacy. I do want to let people know that this was an undiagnosed medical condition. Um, and yeah, that 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 is about all that we're saying. I yeah. just want to say what a great guy he was. Um, you know, he had served me over at the Half Bird um, pop up not that long ago. He's the guy that brought the brought Brian's sandwich over to my table. And, you know, as I shared on social media, I was when I went into work with Rick Moonen at Allegiant Stadium and my wife and I were bitching about the hell of (laughs) of picking cilantro leaves off of cilantro stems. He was sitting there. uh, He was standing there right next to us and uh, he was shucking oysters, you know, like a pro, no complaining because this is a man who does it for a living. And he just kind of with a smile on his face said, well, you think this is tough. If we were doing it at Sparrow and Wolf, you'd be doing it in the walk-in so they wouldn't wilt. So just be glad you're not freezing. And, um, you know, I will always remember how he brought a little smile to my face then and reminded me that, um, you know, I should shut up about my complaints about the hard work what all my friends when I realized what all my friends in the industry do so um, you know a great loss so many tributes coming out on social media he he is very much missed by everybody in our community um, and yeah that's about all I guess we had to say about that you know if there yeah. are memorial services I will let you folks know about that and, and that yeah, and that is about it for this episode of food and loathing um, thanks again to our guests. Thanks to everybody up at three square um, for letting me yes. come in and chat with them. Tell a friend about food and loathing, spread the word on social media. You can find the handles at Al's website, the neon reach us by email at info at food and And if you haven't done it yet, download the neon feast app, use it to find your next dining destination, your restaurant week destination, whatever you need, whatever you want, find it at, neon feast and if you cannot get enough of my voice and i know you want to see my hair because you know that's <laughs> what i'm here yeah, for yeah, yeah. uh you can see me on the cw las vegas every other wednesday morning and actually this time around we've been doing it every week because we had these um these fun restaurant week appearances i've been making but i'm on at approximately 8 15 a.m on wednesdays there and catch you all, all weekend long on the Neon Feast update on The Vibe Radio. That's part of Highway Radio. 99.7 in Vegas, 98.1 in the high desert, 98.9 in the river down there by Laughlin. With producer Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry.